and gentlemen, welcome to the Nothing In Between podcast. I am Stretch. TC is in DC. So I found a super sub, an amazing replacement. It didn't go with the lady this time. I went with another fella. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to the beautiful, stunning voice of Garrett Rajiri. How are we doing, John? Glad to be here. Fantastic. You know absolutely nothing about this show. You've never heard of it. And that's why we're so excited to have you be a part of it. I haven't. I'm pumped. Welcome to the NIB podcast. Nothing in between. Nothing in between. Explain that to me. I don't need to. You don't? No. Nothing in between. Yeah. So all is fair game. Boss name. Exactly. All right. Let's do it. All is fair game. As our guest, just tell the people a little bit about your backstory. Make it quick. Where you're from. What do you like to do? Emerson transfer student from Roanoke College. I grew up in Virginia. I am 20 years old. I grew up big family. Both my parents are one of five. I am also one of five, the youngest. Got that competitive edge all the time, grinding all day, every day. Um, But definitely from a small town in Virginia, totally the Southern vibe you would hear the cliches and the stereotypes, like everyone goes to the same supermarket, things like that. So that's about me. I'm up here in the big city, completely flipped the script. Everything's new, totally changed. And uh, we're making it through. We're living. The switch has been flipped. Indeed. I made a similar transition from North Carolina coming to Boston. And there's a big debate, especially among North Carolinians, about whether Virginia is the southernmost part of the north or the northernmost part of the South. And the way I break it down is it's much easier to use the federally stated line between North Carolina and Virginia, that border. However, I like to think a little bit deeper than that, and I like to think there is a point in Virginia oh, absolutely. where you cannot... I know exactly where you're going. You know where I'm going with yes. this? I love that you know exactly where I'm going with this. It makes me very proud. Then you know exactly where I'm going with this. There's a point when you go a certain distance north in Virginia where if you ask for sweet, sweet tea, tea baby. at a restaurant, they will serve you unsweet tea with a spoon and sugar packets. And that is not sweet tea. You- that is unsweet tea with sugar packets and spoon. If I can walk into a restaurant in southern Virginia, ask for a sweet tea, they know exactly what I mean, and they serve it. I don't have to stir it or do anything. Yeah, they serve it that just right. is the south. If you give me a spoon, that is the north. Am I saying there's not great barbecue places in Boston and other parts of, quote, the north that do it just right, just southern sweet tea? Of course, there are great barbecue restaurants that do it just right, just the way I want it. But it doesn't have that homegrown feeling. It does not have that homegrown feel. And let me tell you the so biggest a, crime. Big question. Right, Let me tell you the tell biggest, biggest crime, crime of Northern Virginia sweet yes. tea or anywhere above it's not, that. Because ma- it's not sweet tea. Above that magic line. Yes. That, that, or the, the anti-magic line. Yeah, the, the, the anti- dark magic. Yeah. So the biggest problem with that is good sweet tea needs to be brewed hot. If they bring you out unsweetened tea in a glass, a spoon, and some sugar, there will be ice in that glass. Because nobody's just going to serve you in a restaurant a, a cup with just filled up a bunch of liquid, that being the tea, and then the spoon and the sugar. There's going to be ice in there. And you're going to pour the sugar in. You say should or should not. They, they will serve it with ice. But you're going to pour the sugar in there, 
and it's going to sit on top of the ice. Correct. And then you're going to stick the spoon in, and it's going to get stuck to the spoon. And Correct. then you're going to swirl around, and you're going to swirl around until your food goes cold. Because that's what it takes to nurture good sweet tea. You have to get it warm. The cold, ice-cold tea is not going to dissolve the sugar and make it taste the same. It's not made like that. I'm so proud of you. That is, that is like the most correct thing. It is. Anyone's ever said it to a microphone. When's the last time you made Kool-Aid with cold water, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. It's absurd. I think people do it. Pe- people don't. People also dye people their hair with it. Kool-Aid. So there's another issue. We're not even going to cover that. <laughs> Talk about the easy way out, am I right? So, Garrett, I must ask you, you are from Virginia. You That's didn't right. specify where you are in Virginia. You don't have to. I just have to ask you straight up, man to man. Although I appreciate that take, and I agree with it 100%. Are you from the North or the South? John, I'm a little insulted. I am 100% from Southwest Virginia, and I know good sweet tea when I see it. That's my man. And I, the, on view, top the of listeners that, didn't know. On top of that, I grew up in Jersey till I was seven. Ooh. So I know what horrible, horrible sweet tea Tea. They serve sweet tea. They serve iced tea. They serve tea. iced tea. They serve iced tea. If you go into a restaurant yeah. and they and they tell you you serve iced tea, you need to not take them up on that offer. Just get a water. Yep. Just get a water. You're better off with a lemonade. Yeah. It's hard to mess that up. Yeah, there's good lemonade, there's bad lemonade, but sweet tea made the right way, brewed the way Garrett just described the way not to make it is the right way. Absolutely. Can't go wrong. Sweet tea, so biscuit, chicken biscuit. sandwich. How do you like your biscuits? How do I like my biscuits? Golden. Honey butter. Golden. With honey butter. Honey butter. Honey butter. You can go many ways with a biscuit. Okay, you could. Go butter. What are your favorite what are your favorite biscuits? You could go biscuits and gravy. You could go butter. You could go honey butter. You could go apple butter. You could go jam. You could go jelly. Don't even get me started in between the difference of those. But I'm, I'm, this is not a plug. I'm all. a jam guy, 100%. This is not, not a plug. This is not one of our sponsors. It should be one of our sponsors. A Bojangles Cajun Filet Biscuit. How yes. do you feel? No, that's the move. Sunday yes. after church, the Ruggieri's and the Robinsons always <laughs> meet up at the local Bojangles. We arrive around 930. They know our orders. It's, it's six Cajun Filets. My brother gets sausage, and my mom just gets egg and cheese. It's it's a classic. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful reunion. That's, that's actually the most beautiful reunion I've ever heard of since the Yelnats and the Zeronis from the movie Holes. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's the perfect pregame ritual for Sunday. Pregame. It, it's awesome. For, for the NFL, of course. Absolutely. And any other game you're playing on Sunday. NASCAR Sundays. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you go into a sporting, sporting goods store oh, or a, a sports bar. Let's see. A quote-unquote sports bar down by us is oh, yeah. – uh, NASCAR and like bass fishing. So get used to that. I hope your sweet tea tastes real good. I'm dude, I'm used to it. Might be a little something extra in that sweet tea <laughs> to get to get through some uh, some fishing. I know I do enjoy fishing, but it's not, I enjoy it's not fishing the greatest well. television sport. It is not. Some sports are great for TV. Great example, NFL. Incredible television sport. I've actually never been to an NFL game. Nor person. have I. Nor have I. College games, different atmosphere. For though. sure, 100%. Smaller arena. American football, great television sport. 
amazing. Designed for TV almost, even though sport was made well before television was invented. Would you like to know a juicy secret? I would love a juicy about secret. About me? I would love to. I think I was maybe 15, maybe 16 years old before I figured out that the yellow line, the first down marker, the one that keeps constantly moving on the television for football games, and the blue line, line of scrimmage, yes, was not on the field in real life. I had no idea. It's okay. You didn't know. You didn't know. I'm not mad at it. No, not to be mad. I'm but not just, mad at it. I'm not disappointed. I think that it's just okay. amplifies the fact that it's a better TV sport than most really anything is. else. Because what lines can you put on a basketball um, court? Like No, like holograms, not, not the actual lines. Well, it's funny you should mention that because there are lines, I guess you can call them lines, using light and reflection for water polo. In the Olympics. There is. They do have the lines, yes. and you can actually... I'm not actually sure if you can see them in the pool. I don't think so. Or if it is just on TV. Light doesn't really reflect off of... I mean, it does, but it doesn't hold. Because you can see... It's a lot clearer <laughs> in water polo where those lines are, because you can, you can definitely see both sides, whether you're, whether you're over the line or not, where it's pretty hard when you're looking to a sideline of an NFL game, there's 53 players right there. There's staff. There's a bunch of officials. Sometimes, sometimes you can miss that big orange, cushy, foamy symbol that it's the line of scrimmage, the first or the ten. Hot take. Question, kind of. Okay. Do you think offsides in soccer would help the game if there was a, a visible line for the players on the field, and it was moving with the furthest back defender. It's impossible. Is it? It's not impossible because they can do it in a video game. Yeah. Do you think that that would be beneficial for the game and TV viewers? It would change the striker position I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how they're going to do it. Might be absurd. Might be way out there. I don't it would know how change they're going to the do it. Soccer traditionalists would probably hate me for saying that, but... Just like in hockey, people talk about the glowing puck on TV. Glow pucks and 10-cent beer. <laughs> oh, that man. Was, oh, man, I feel bad. I forgot, forgot the author who wrote that book. It's called Glow Pucks and 10-Cent Beers, and it's something about like the worst ideas in the history of sports, like the hundred or the 101 worst ideas. I read it back, oh, man, five or six years ago. Number three, I, I do remember this because I, I, I didn't like it very much, of the, some of the worst ideas in sports. Number three was the bronze medal. What? He said it was a terrible idea. What? The bronze medal. Oh, why? He said traditionally it was just gold and silver, and that why should bronze get anything? And I just Traditionally? So when did the tradition break? Because every I, I, tradition I, I I've ever known has been three. in the Olympics it was just gold and silver. I think that's actually true from what I've researched, but I do appreciate the bronze medal because it's yeah. not like you're giving everyone – a medal. Yeah, it's kind of, you it's know, not, traditional It doesn't three, seem you know, like, like a participation award to me. He kind of made it seem like a participation award. It's not. Yeah, because I could argue sometimes that two and three, the times, whether it be times or scores or whatever, two and three, especially in individual sports like track and field or swimming, 
the two and three, the bronze and the silver, could be closer and more more of a race than the one. And I'll give you a lot of times other arguments to support that. In a bracket, let's say it was single elimination. Oh, absolutely. The two absolutely. semifinalists that lose, they might actually be the second best team. Yeah, but 100%. Would, they didn't get to play the opposite finalist in the other half of the bracket, so I actually never know if they were, they were the second best team. Absolutely. Depending on how it works out. So they deserve to play for a medal, even though it's the bronze medal and technically their third place in the tournament, they could have been the second best team. And I am a believer. This is a hot take. Not a lot of people agree with me anymore. But I'm a big believer in third place games. And because I don't call them consolation games if there's something tangible on the line. For example, in the Olympics, if it's if it is a competition for third place, I don't see it as a consolation game. I see it as the bronze medal game. Yeah. No, I think that if it is for fifth or seventh, then it's consolation. Then it's consolation. Because in the third yeah. and fourth place teams obviously had a chance at a title shot. You made the quote final four. So you're a semifinalist. You clearly are good enough to get to whatever spot you're in. Of course, there is there are like four team brackets out there. And then right, yeah. right, right. Then right. you didn't really go with the gauntlet or anything. But no, I completely agree with that. And I think they're further important. this. I I actually I think I support this. In a lot of martial arts. They give out two bronze medals. Explain. I will explain. Let's take let's take judo for example. I think now that I've tried to start it, I'm actually going to butcher it. It's technically <laughs> it's technically a single elimination tournament. If you lose, you're not you're no longer eligible to win gold. The two finalists that meet in the gold medal match undefeated are, have been undefeated through the entire tournament. The winner will receive the gold medal. The loser receives the silver medal. Oh, and then... They've changed the format over the past few years. Because what it used to be is everyone that lost to the finalists got together in what's known as the repechage pool. And they, they had multiple brackets for bronze. And that's kind of fair in a way, but also your hope rides with the person that defeated you. And so you have to just watch and wait to see who the finalists are. And everyone who lost to the finalists fights for third. Right. In a bracket. That makes, that makes sense in a way. It seems kind of fair. It's not great as far as spectators go and as far as television goes. They've changed it. And now you have to progress in the single elimination bracket to the quarterfinals to even be eligible for bronze. So what happens if, if you're in the quarterfinals and you lose, I think you, I think you go up against another defeated quarterfinalist. And if you lost your semifinal, you're in a bronze medal final, if that makes sense. Kind of. And then the losing quarterfinalists have to have an extra bout in order to get to a bronze medal match. And there are two bronze medals awarded. Okay. Also, I think... I think that's how it works. Just... Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. For the integrity of sport alone, battling to the end is like one of those cliches or like one of those things that athletes and fans want people to stand by. So, you know, not finishing out the fight or like 
you know, oh, I didn't get gold or I'm not in contention for gold. Why would I even, you know, want to go for bronze and win this fight right. or this match, whether it be team sport, whatever. I think people want to see that anyway. And if the players or athletes or fighters get into it, then it makes for all the more reason to have those fights continue and those battles for bronze because they're obviously recognized. You know, whether it be judo, hockey, basketball, tennis, I don't care what it is. If you're one of three of the greatest elite elite legends, I mean, you're already right then and there, bronze, silver, gold, written in the history books. Fourth place. You're on the podium. Does not get remembered. Now, the fun fact, the top eight in any Olympic event receives an official Olympic diploma. Did you know that? I did not. You learned something today. Uh, I've learned so many things today. So, for example, if you make uh, the finals of plug, the 100-meter dash. Shameless plug. I learned that shameless Shake plug. Shack is awesome. Oh, <laughs> man. John, John took me out for my did. first experience there. I did. It was wonderful. How was the water? The water was crisp. It was so clean. Did it live up to the hype? It did. I'm glad. How about the shack sauce? The shack sauce was impeccable. Wonderful. Chicken was great. Back to the Olympics. <laughs> Which those guys don't even touch Shake Shack. They're missing They do out. after their events. Probably. After their events. Probably, Oh, yeah. 100%. After working for four years... Toward one thing. All right, probably three and a half. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't think, yeah. I don't think they got off the plane in London and started the working stars for Rio take immediately. The plane. They just run. <laughs> you can't run across <laughs> the water. Usain Bolt can. No, he can't. Okay. He only go for 100 meters. Okay. Right. It could be argued that Phelps could make it across. Phelps might make it across, but he can't run. He can walk. There are hoverboards now. He was actually. Oh, man, I can't remember if it was last year or before. I think it was the year before. Michael Phelps was running along the Esplanade in Boston. In just a, just a random is. morning. The Esplanade? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Charles River Esplanade. It's it, where the hatch shell you is. You saw him? I didn't. Oh. I have some swimming friends that did. You saw some swimming friends? No, they, they like ran with him and took selfies. Wow. That's... I was unaware that it was happening. I would have been there in a hot minute. I think they got a little good little 5K together. That's pretty sweet. But anyway, yeah, you make top eight of whatever it is, you get a diploma. So quarterfinals in a bracket sport, or if it's like track and field, for example, 100-meter finals, sometimes sometimes it's nine, sometimes it's eight. But I think it's normally eight that make it. Right, yeah, All, yeah. The, all good diplomas. Okay. And then gold, silver, bronze, as you know. And a diploma is just what? Acknowledgement by the Olympic Committee? And it is a literal like diploma. Like, oh, like wow. Okay, the, so yes. literally like certificate of... Yes. Graduation from the Olympics. <laughs> Congratulations. You started on the blocks. You made it past the white line. You're the man. No, it's not. Yeah, but or I don't want people to think it's a participation award. It's not. No, 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 no. Eight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Because only eight people get it. Yeah. And it's, it's hard enough to get into the Olympics. I'm surprised that they don't advertise that eight. that more often. I don't know why people don't know about it. Yeah. Where'd you find out? I, I just knew. I've just known. I've known that for a very long time. You know an Olympian? I don't know why. I have met a few Olympians. You have? I have. Shoot. No. You don't remember them? No, I got I to gotta keep it under secret for keep later. Keep it on the wraps? One in particular. One in particular. All right. All right. Because I, can't, I don't want to review it yet. All right. Well, you, will, you will know. Bring me on the show. You will I, know. I, no, I can't it, wait to this hear This will go beyond the show. More people. I don't think more than, I think two people know. Oh, is this Instagram worthy? No. It, it, it Dropping a pic? It's not. It's not. It's, not, it's beyond Instagram. Wow. Potentially life changing. Holy moly. 
Wait, we'll say the first name basis. <laughs> uh, not quite. No, not quite. That would be nice, though. Uh, he's, he's, only, he's maybe one time, but he'll, he'll he'll see me in the future. Wow, he'll see me again. Fantastic. He'll rem- he'll remember me. Oh, that tall guy. That tall guy. They call me Stretch for a reason, folks. I think you called you Stretch. Do you want to know who gave the yes, nickname? Yes, yes, I do. That's I love hearing origins of nicknames. That's awesome. So I play Australian football. Duly noted. I think I think I thought you knew that. I did. Okay, good. There was this guy named Dan Jackson. That's that's amazing. <laughs> that's the most. <laughs> I don't even know the word, but that's just Australian Dan Jackson. Name. Yeah. So Dan Jackson played for this team called the Richmond Tigers. Very familiar with Richmond. We'll get back to that. The other Richmond. Whoa. This is in Australia. Whoa. Okay. Uh, very not familiar with Like in the that Melbourne Richmond. area. Okay. The, like the neighborhood Richmond. Richmond Tigers. So he played for them. He's actually one of their best players ever. Fun fact. He was actually, don't quote me on this, but one of my teammates said this. He was one of the most suspended players in AFL history. Very, right. very tough guy. Did some suspension-worthy acts. I'm not necessarily sure what they were because I started watching the sport of Australian football in 2012, and he was, he was at peak Dan Jackson. And so I actually knew who this guy was when I met him, which is pretty shocking. Primetime Dan the man. Because I started playing in 2015, August 2015, my, my second week of training here in Boston with the, with the local team of the Boston Demons. Out of nowhere, this guy just shows up to training completely jacked he retired a few years before 2015 he was actually the jack dyer medalist which is every club has a best and fairest award and instead of giving out mvps in the afl the league and every team has what's called a votes based system and you get a higher number of votes if you're the best player in the game so say if you're the best player in the game out of all the players that played, you get this many votes. Second best gets one less, and so on and so on. So for the Brownlow medal, for example, which is like the, the league-wide competition for their best player, the best and fairest, more or less, out of all 44 players that play in the game, the best player determined by the umpires gets three votes, second best gets two votes, and third gets one vote. That's Out of 44 players, it's very hard to make right. the the podium more or less and it's right. wh- whether you win or lose doesn't matter it's, it's are you the best and the fairest i think yeah, that's important fairest. that's important i want so to get every, back to every that every club has their own and he won his club's best and fairest so we're talking about a very good player yeah prestigious he's talking honor. amazing player you can just look up his stats it's pretty incredible what he's done he's kicked some amazing goals he's had some crunching tackles and he's been suspended but it's all right because he's a he's a really good guy i would hate to play against him though oh my goodness you would love to hate it, though. No, that would be a hard day at the office, I right? Re- I reckon. But it's something you would never forget. I would never forget. I'll never forget that he gave me the nickname because we're doing a drill. Oh, that's right. I, really forget. I was like, wait, I'm so in, I'm so engulfed no. in Dan Jackson's life and why he's suspended. Yeah, you and, should be. And the uh, Brownlow Award, I was like, wait. No, he didn't what? win the – I was just explaining how the Brownlow oh, okay, Award. Right. He didn't win the Brownlow. He won his club. He won Richmond's Best and Fairest. Right. The okay. Jack Dyer Medal. But why were we talking about him? I completely lost so we're in a, I'm in a. This is great. He's explaining a drill. And by the way, when, when, when you train just... with him, you go harder than you ever could imagine you could go. First of all, I, I'd never played the sport before. I, I didn't grow up doing it like, like he did. It was literally my second week of training. 
So I'm all over the place in a way. But he's trying to explain the drill, and I'm a visual learner. Right. And he, obviously he didn't know that, but yeah. it's good when – I really like it when coaches you didn't and put trainers that on your resume? and whatever. I did put up a resume. I like when coaches and trainers and other club staff give a visual before the drill and a nice little walkthrough so I can see it and see what's about to happen. And he just calls me over. He's like pointing at people. He's like, you, come here. You, come here. You, over there. Uh, you, uh, stretch over here. Wow. And then everyone everyone just went crazy. Like Everyone was like, that, that's him. That's his name. That's awesome. Dude. In, in Australian culture, I don't know why. Everyone has a nickname. Everyone has a nickname. That's fun. I, I don't know that's why. A lot of Sometimes it's just initials. Sometimes it's your last name with a Y after it. What's Dan's? Jacko. Jacko. Okay. Dan Jackson, Jacko. Yeah, yeah, that works. But I, I will forever be known as Stretch because of Dan Jackson. That's cool. I'm going to have to start using that. But now you know why. That's and right. now what you're going to really do, and it's going to really blow your mind, you're going to look up his highlights. I, w- I probably gonna, will. I'm going to walk out of this Dan room. Dan Jackson AFL, and you'll be like, O-M-G. <laughs> that guy was a badass. There, there are memes with his face on it. I've probably seen him around. There's one. Before. There's one meme. It's like soccer players pretend they're hurt, and it's and the bottom half is AFL players pretend they aren't, and it's his face like completely bloodied up. Wow, and he's just like flexing his pecs and everything. He's just he's just out there doing his job. He's in a war. Obviously, the AFL has a blood rule. If you have a bleeding wound, you have to go off the field. But he probably pretended like he didn't see it or whatever. He's like, no, I'm not. Pulled the sock up a little bit higher. No, it was on his overall. His oh, face. it was on his face. Like, Completely wow. bloody face. You would think he just fought in a gladiatorial battle to the death. It's crazy. What's so, your nickname? Stretch. Um, everyone just calls me G. <laughs> okay. That's it. Yeah, I got nothing nothing special. I didn't mean to belittle your story. Oh, no, no. About your G. No but way. Anyway, what were you going to say? Um, I don't know. Sometimes my one brother calls me G-Rex. Because this whole, like, I didn't know dinosaurs were, like, real and stuff. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I don't know. I don't go to museums that often. <laughs> it's not really my forte, my, my, my hit up when I need a local hangout. Sometimes at night after the museum's closed. Oh, really? They'll, they'll come and talk to you. Uh-huh. Like, like the, the skeletons, they can talk. Were you Stretch or Ben Stiller? I can't. Dude, I don't know. Never worked security, actually. Wow. Never worked security. Well. I have done an acting thing before. It was actually... I don't talk about it much. It was a silent movie. But I also acted. But my lines were really were really strong, I promise. Like you could you can't hear them, but what I said was spot on. Good. And I did it with passion. And you could really you can see it, but you can't hear it. It's you can a silent feel it. movie. You can feel it. But that was my one acting I wish I had more of those. I only had one acting experience as well. Let's hear it. Short film. It's the uh back in my old school, um, Rona College. Shout, Shout out. out. Shout out! Yes. Hey, love it there. Yes. I miss I miss home so much. The uh, one of my friends called me up. I think it was like maybe two in the morning, and like clearly I was asleep because it was Wednesday, and like I had class in maybe six hours. So I still answer the phone because I'm like, okay, you know, maybe they're hurt, like whatever, and they need something. You're a good friend. They call, they they asked me, hey, would you want to act in a short film? You really don't have to do anything. <laughs> it's uh, you you just be pretty much an extra. Like, could you just, you know, come to read through tomorrow? Right. I'm like, 
okay, whatever, you know. So I hang up, I go to bed. Like, nope. I'm like, I text. That was a good sleep voice right there. Yeah. That was, that was good. Have I'll, I'll text voice. him. I'll be like, yeah, I'm in. Just count me in, whatever. Tell Harrison I'll be there. So I wake up next morning, groggy, you know, of got interrupted. My roommate also, my buddy Reed, he, uh, perpetual sleep talker. I mean, oh, no. I mean, like, out the wazoo, man. No. In- incredible. Like, night terrors, <laughs> sleep talking, you know, just constant all the time. Does he sit up in his sleep? He sleepwalks. He does every <laughs> One time he actually took, he got out of bed, grabbed the Brita filter out of our fridge, was was caressing it, holding it like, like a stuffed animal, like buddy. a bear. The cuddle buddy. Walked up three floors, proceeded to sit in the windowsill, and just like fall asleep again with this Brita filter him in his arms and just be like, you know, he had no idea what was going on. I basically had to guide him back like a sheep or something. Like You were the shepherd, yes. I was his shepherd. <laughs> and the goat and his baby goat, the Brita filter, made it back to the room safely and he has zero recollection of it in the morning. That was only one of a few times that I had to retrieve my roommate. But retrieve my acting experience. So I get to this read-through, which I didn't even really know what that was. I had no idea. I just knew that I needed to go to... You could just take that at face value, I think. I, yeah, you know, you could, but I didn't. I, I just showed up to 101. Um, the room was actually is called Garrett, the Garrett Building. Of course it yeah. is. Of yeah, course. so I went to room 101. And named and it after you. I saw the whole crew, and I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like, I know about half of you. I don't, you know, I'll get to make some more new friends, whatever. They hand me this script, and I was like, okay, hey, what's up? You know, what do I need to do? And they were like, oh, you're Calvin. I'm flipping through, and I'm seeing a, a whole lot of Calvins. <laughs> and I was like, oh, um, there's a lot of highlights in here. Wh- what is this? And they were like, oh, yeah, that's, that's your part, you know? I was like, no, no, no. I was told that I'm just going to be an extra. Like, maybe I need to chuckle in the background, something like that. They were like, oh, no, 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 no. You're the lead. And I was like... Um, no, I think you're wrong. I'm, I'm not the lead. Sir, I, you're sadly mistaken. I only signed up for this a few hours ago. What, what is this? What is going on? And they were like, well, you know, we're a little behind schedule. Like, can you just like, can you just do this? I'm like, oh my goodness. So I ended up going through the read through. We went all the way around, you know, met the other actors and actresses. And I was just like, how am I going to remember all this? So, oh, you did memorize the whole script? Yes. Oh, it was a movie. It was a short oh, film. Oh no! It's for the basically Tarantino Film Festival, and it's like all of Southwest Virginia. You know Quentin Tarantino? He's like Pulp Fiction. I guess so. I don't know. Oh, I'm telling you. Oh, you are. Okay, then yes. <laughs> I only know the name, but all in all, long story short, I finally got through the end of the read through, and there was just one instance at you know at the very end of the script and all the way through up until this point, I'm like trying to find excuses to get out of this. Like I got to, you know, I'm going to break my leg. I'm going to lose my folk vocal cords, something. Got to find a new, new person for them. Like, you know, I'll support you, whatever. Right. You're trying to, you're for an escape. Until I get to the last line. Of course. And I get to smash a coconut <laughs> with, with my bare hands. And I was like, oh, this is sweet. So <laughs> wait, wait. So that made it all worth it. Yes. Yeah, so I was like, scratch everything that was going through my mind for the past hour and a half. 
let's do this. Like, this is going to be awesome. And I asked them, I was like, is this real? Like, do I get to do this? They're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be cool. They were like, like, yeah, whatever. It's just a minor part of the show. You were yeah. like, that's the greatest. And I was like, so you just want me to smash it? And they were like, yeah, I mean, you can just hit it on the ground. Like, you don't have to break it. It would be great if you could, though. <laughs> and then, you know, that that's the producer talking, the director. And... And then I all love the, your voices. the other actors voices. and actresses get in here. And this one girl came in. She's like, oh, I've, I've been out of the country. I've <laughs> seen coconuts there. You need a machete. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm, <laughs> so I'm getting all this negative feedback right here. You know, people tell me that I can't smash this coconut. You're smashing the <laughs> coconut. I have three weeks to remember my lines. <laughs> I took care of that. I took care of that. No problem. Just so you could smash the coconut. All month long, John, <laughs> I am pent up with anger and frustration. Can't wait to get my hands on this coconut, okay? And then, you know, I still had to sit through the entire movie yes. before we even got to that scene. Yes. So day of filming. That's the end of, the yeah. That's the end of it, isn't it? Day of filming. Oh, my I'm I'm pumped. I'm jacked. I'm like you know amped up. I was playing some Eminem on the way there. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm, I'm I'm doing You're my thing, to, right? Ready to step into the octagon with yeah. Conor McGregor yeah. and Khabib. McGregor's off. hand in the palm of my uh, head in the palm of my bang bang bang. Right. <laughs> so <clears throat> we finally get to the scene, and I'm looking at them, and they only have one coconut. <laughs> And they're like, oh, yeah, we only got one. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. You get one chance. Yeah, and I was like, if you had one shot, one opportunity. I'm not even going to go there, John. I'll go through the whole song. We'll be wasting too much time. (laughs) But they bring out this this coconut, right? And I'm like, okay. Describe the coconut. Brown, furry. I would say. Authentic? Yes. Truly. Um, Imported or domestic? Domestic. Uh-huh, so I guess it's not authentic, but it's it okay. felt cool because I'd never seen a coconut before. Go on. I get this thing in my hands, right? And they're telling How me. How big? I would say. Ba- basketball? No, not basketball. That's a big coconut. Junior basketball? Um, Girls basketball? No, I'll give it. Soccer ball. I'll give it like. Size four soccer ball. Yes, I was going to say. There's five and four. I'll give it four soccer ball. Four. So. I'm looking at them. I'm like, is this it? And they're like, yeah. And just and they were like, hey, make sure you get it right because we only have one, one, one shot. <laughs> we have one coconut. And I was like, what do you mean, get it right? They were like, you know, just do it right. We only have one coconut. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, whatever. I was like, you really want me to smash this, right? And we're we're in the this this film was urban films and uh, um, sorry, urban legends and whatever from college dormitory. So. We were literally filming it in the common room in one of the dorms. And they had all the set. It was completely different. It didn't really look like a common room. But um, <clears throat> I'm like, so you really, really want me to smash this? They were like, if you, can, if you can do that, really just do it. And they were like, you know, we want it to be so loud that you bring the RAs up here and we get calls saying that, you know, what the hell's going on? Right. So I'm like, okay. Because now it's finally here. My time has come. You you, you actually know, signed I've, up and went through all the yeah. torture of learning the lines for this one moment. I got a haircut. Like, I was looking for it. Like, oh, I course. went all out. Of course. For my debut of Coconut Smashing. And you only get one. Yeah. So the like pinnacle of throws. my acting career came down to this moment. Game's on the line. Down by one. Three seconds to go. Which, Just do it. Which I'm still getting negative feedback at this moment 
saying that I'm, there's no way I'm going to smash it. So we won't have any problems. You know, we can probably reshoot. Mm-mm. I'm getting in there and I bang, bang, bang. And I smash it. First hit, my finger goes through the crack. Oh, yes. The coconut doesn't crack all the way. It cracks about halfway. So my finger is jammed in the crack. And now you're you in know, pain. Naturally, you're the coconut pain. would go back together to its original form. So my finger's stuck in the middle. So I continue Kinda smashing. Like a bowling it. ball. Exactly like a bowling ball, except unfriendly. Oh yeah. It swallowed you. So I'm smashing it. All the milk is everywhere. And I finally get my finger out, and now it's in bits. It would look like if you were to drop a coconut in, like, an animated film. It would, like, crack in a bunch of pieces, and, of you know, the water would be everywhere. Except actually. Except actually. And, and then now my hand is bleeding, so I I was scream. about to say, this is my next question. I, I, I dropped the F-bomb, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, this, oh, I was in pain. I was, I was infuriated, but also I was, like, so jacked up. I was amped Adrenaline because I did it. 100. I did it. Everything. You, you know, my veins are popping. The coconut. the coconuts everywhere. First take. Even, like, the girls in the film, like, they were like, eh, they shrieked, you know. They were like, because all the milk is on them and everything. And I got the rug all wet. <laughs> and I was like, I'm jacked up. I continued to do my lines. And then the other girl messes up. No. Yeah, because she was like, you know, really thrown that, like, there's coconut juice all over her. <laughs> Did they keep, they kept that take, right? They kept the take. Yes! Yes, Garrett! They did cut out the F-bomb. <laughs> but it still looked okay. It's okay. They still looked okay. It's and, okay. And that you're is allowed the, to mess up your lines after that happens, because that was a natural reaction. It was amazing. It was, in, it was incredible. And the first thing I did when I walked out of that room was call Go my dad. the ER. Oh, okay. Nope. Oh, no. No, no. Okay. Also, sidebar, I did try the coconut milk. It's fantastic. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> Hopefully without the blood. Yeah, without the blood. Okay. Without the blood. Okay. But um, I called my dad, and he picks up the phone. He says, did you do it? And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> because I had told everyone, I'm like, you know, I don't think these people understand how competitive I am. And, like, they sat there for a good six, seven, eight minutes just telling me that I couldn't do it and it wouldn't be a problem. And then it happened. What do you mean that you couldn't do it and it wouldn't be a problem? Uh, that I couldn't smash it. At the, at the original read-through a month ago, oh, they told me oh. that I couldn't smash this coconut. You, were, you waited a whole month to prove them wrong. That's right. You basically had a whole month, based practically a whole season in acting. That's right. To just hit the weight room, get work on your hand grip. Do you, do you do the hand grip strengthener? I, I don't, do you, do you but that? I did. I use it I all did. the time. You turn that resistance probably all the way up to 100. You probably pump that out thousands of reps a day. And then you took breaks to learn a new language on Duolingo yeah. for a few minutes. Reset is so in Spanish. Another plug. I prefer French, actually. actually. Oh, really? Rallez-vous. Bon say. Oui, oui. I don't know. But. Proud of you for learning that. Yeah. Those words. That's yeah, good. Yeah. So I was, I was ecstatic. I was thrilled. It was awesome. And, and I haven't acted since. the highlight of your acting career. Yes. And then um, I actually have a picture. Do you have, um, Oh, yeah. We, we won. <laughs> we won the film. You won the award. We won the award. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, out of all the other colleges in the area Holy and our own smokes. school. We got filmed in the Grandin Theater. We, like, you know, they played our film in a real movie theater. And you got to see it And on we the got big to screen. see it. Like, my parents came. Oh, and they got man. to see me smash the coconut. It was awesome. Like, I was totally... Totally pumped up. Like I bet you got a we lot got of popcorn media attention. And I didn't get a lot of media romantic attention. attention. Somebody likes smashing the coconuts, you know. Well, it seems very 
very primitive. Yeah. And there's barbaric. still... Barbaric. Yeah, well, not necessarily, not necessarily in a negative way. Because mm. barbaric, I feel like, has a negative connotation to it. I, I, yeah, I'll give you Sometimes. that. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. In modern times, at least. Yeah, because it's the anti-modern. <laughs> yeah. But there's something about when a person, male or female, does something that just reveals such natural strength, technique, and beauty. There was no technique. It was just hand to ground, hand to ground, hand to ground. Well, there's definitely some mental because think, I, I like to think about, because I've never smashed a coconut <laughs> on, on camera myself, but I like to think about it as a martial artist would break a board. I've obviously never attempted that either, but I've heard stories about people that truly didn't believe that they could do it, and then they didn't break the board, and then they got a pep talk, and then just rammed their hand straight clean through that plywood. And they, and they said it was one of the coolest experiences of their life. So I now think that it was very mental to break that coconut. I feel like if you went yeah. there with, with soft hands, really weak hands, and like, I don't know, maybe you had a, let's say you had a terrible day the night before or whatever, and you're just really down on yourself. I'm not sure you would have broken the coconut. Now that you bring it up with the technique and everything, I do remember in the script, um, I thought that I was going to be standing. So in the, the coconut was, um, there were three things that you had to say in, uh, in the film. You had to, no, I'm sorry. You had to say one line and you had to include a fidget spinner and you had to include a coconut. Those were the, the three requirements, requirements for, the, for, the film festival. For, the, for the film festival. And, um, essentially the coconut was, um, resembling somebody's head. Like, I was pretending to like kill beat somebody's head. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, you don't. That's not a beating. That is that is more than an ass whooping. That is an <laughs> execution. Essentially, yeah. So that's what it is. It was urban myths. You know, like it was a kind of a dark comedy thing. Um, so I figured that I would have been standing or at least sitting at a table and like you know banging the head into the table or like standing and you know throwing their head into the ground. But they had me on my knees like just already on the ground, like starting with the coconut on the ground and just bang, bang, bang. So now that you bring it up, the technique was, I, I remember the first motion I had was to get my arm fully extended back and just, I mean, jack it into the ground like the very first time. So yeah, you're right. Technique was important. I'm so proud of you. Because I had to improvise on the spot. I thought I, thought I was going to get one clean like motion standing and then use my whole body weight into the ground. And just one, th- you thought it was going to be one throw? No, not a throw, but, um, <coughs> oh, like, you, I like thought, you didn't, you're like, what did you anticipate doing? Did, you didn't anticipate gronking it, right? No, I did not anticipate gronking it, but I did anticipate standing up and, you know, getting my whole body weight into the ground that way. So basically driving it through the ground. Yeah, driving it through the ground. Except you saw on your knees and were unprepared for this and had to improvise. Right. They didn't seem very prepared for the scene, by the way. They did not. They, like, I feel like if you got that coconut thing wrong, I'm not sure you win the film festival. I'm, I'm not kidding. Uh, well, you know what? This thing, we but did. If, if two films are tied, and I'm going to draw a sports reference to this later on, if two films are tied, like the whole way through, like first 89 minutes, for example, it's going to come down to the last bit. Like, let's pretend you're a college coach and you have two athletes that are the exact same and you have all these NCAA requirements and one of them has a higher grade point average, you're going to take that one. Kelly Bryant, Taylor Lawrence, except it has nothing to do with GPA. Well, if they're exactly tied, you're going to take the one yeah. higher GPA. 
because you know you don't have to worry about them. If they're exactly even, like if you had a combine, same thing. Like they're all the same measurements, height and weight, okay. bench press. I could get with that. You're going to take the one with a higher GPA because you know you don't have to worry about them academically. Right. Your movie came in clutch. Or you came in clutch on that film. Because at the very end, when there was only one coconut, and no one else knew that there was only one coconut, <laughs> you smashed it into smithereens, and you got the milk. Smithereens! I appreciate that, John. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Uh, I think the listeners are proud of you. The, uh, the other films, we got to see a few of the other finalists. Um, because when we went to the theater, like they had the finalists, and then at the end, like there was this big announcement, like whatever. The winners. Yeah. The legends. So, um, we saw the use of the other like coconut fidget spinner and lines and whatever, right. and they were like, they were really sad. Like a lot of people just had like a fruit basket on the table, and the people were having conversation, or like, you know, they walked through a store and took a, a random shot of a coconut. But you know, shout out to our directors and producers for getting uh, getting some some live coconut action. It's cool. Y'all earned that. Thank you. And you didn't even want to do it. I know. Oh man, I can remember that phone call like it was yesterday. I was, I was. Oh. Can people find that film? People can find that film. Where I don't can they find that. Film? I don't know how. I I don't know how to find that film. <laughs> but it is out there. I gave you the opportunity to yeah to nah, plug. Your I don't need a finding moment. I don't need a plug. in acting. I I actually presented that to you on a silver platter. No shame. And you just totally don't know. No shame, because I, I, mean, I can't even remember the full title of the movie. Yeah, exa- I was about to ask you that, too. And it's you're just Urban like, Legend something. Urban, ah. You might be able to look up the director, Harrison Mines. She's done a few things. But, I mean, it's not a big deal. I'm more proud can of... Can they find that on your Instagram or nope, something? Nope, not on the gram. Not on the gram. Only in your soul. Yeah, it's a, it was more of a pride thing than really anything. Like, I, tell you what, I didn't need any great accolades or, or whatever. Yeah. It's a phenomenal story, Gary. I appreciate that. Okay, you said you had a sports thing. I also have a He's sports an actor. thing that tied into a conversation from before. So if you want me to throw it at you, you can go first. What do you want? Well, go ahead and ask your question. Do you think that the because I didn't know about the Better and Fairness Award or Best, Best and Fairness? Best and Fairness, right? Best and Fairness. And what do you vote, call it? The Brownlow. Well, that, that's for the entire league, <clears throat> and each club has their own named after a club legend. Okay, so let's club. say... And this isn't just professionally. A lot of other clubs use the same method in the, in this sport. Okay, so let's say the league has the better, inf- the best in fairness. One best in fairness, right? Fairest. Best in fairest. Yeah, they just call it the Brownlow Medal. Like, everyone knows what it means. Okay. It's basically the MVP, but it's... But it's better, and that's what I was be- going to say. It's not political. I, yeah. I think that the in the sense. NFL and the NBA, because those are the only things I, I know the best, the best and fairest award would change who wins NBA MVP. Yeah, NBA MVP. NFL. NBA Finals MVP, I think, would change. There would be less um, anticipation of who you think, who finalists are before going in. And I think it would change the NFL big time. I don't think it would be a quarterback every time. Well, let me, uh, I'll explain. If you want me to get into the brown low a little bit more. Yes. I can do that. Throw it at me. Who does it? Is it by writers? Is it by players? You said it was by players. I did right? not say that. I said the umpires. Ah, what was the player vote? There was no player vote. Okay. I, like they, they have those, but I didn't bring that up earlier. Okay. The umpires 
in every individual game in the regular season, not including the, the final series in the AFL, which in America we'd call them playoffs. They call them the finals series because every game is a, quote, final, elimination final, qualifying final, semifinal, preliminary final, grand final, instead of quarterfinals, semifinals, right. or round one, round two, round three. Like wild, we call it the wild card, and then the divisional, then the conference, then the Super Bowl. Got it. They just have different names for it, and, it's, and it makes sense. The Brownlow Medal is, I believe, the week, the weekend before or the week of. I think it's the week of the grand final. Right, that's the same here. And it's basically a fancy dinner, and everybody brings their significant others, and you sit, you sit with your friends, your your club teammates, your coaches. Everybody like black tie event, very fancy. Right, it's right. like a it's dinner just like and champagne and beer. Except that the two teams going to the grand final sometimes do theirs remotely. Like, they won't travel all the way to Melbourne to do it. Like they'll do it wherever they are, and they'll have their own separate space, and they'll just obviously drink water and electrolytes because they still have a game to play. Right. The championship, like a championship game, so they're oh, not, yeah, they're, yeah. they're not going to be drinking alcohol. It's like the Pro Bowl. You're like... Well, yeah, the two teams in the grand final, they're, they're not going to be drinking alcohol. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, so no, in the Brownlow Medal, understand. they don't reveal any of the results from any of the games until that night. They go through round by round, and they're like, round one, this game, this person, one vote, this person, two votes, this person, three votes, and they'll say your name. It's very traditional mm-hmm. in that way. So it's a lot, They like to bet on it in Australia. Like they love like, to gamble on it because the sports betting is legal there. Right. <laughs> and so it's a, it's a big thing to bet on because you, you have to kind of guess who had the best game and the second best game, the third best game for each game. So there's 23 rounds in the regular season. You get a bye week. So every player has the opportunity to play in 22 games. And this is weird rule. If you are suspended for one game, you are ineligible. I think that's a good rule. So you have, there have been players to be the leading vote getters in the Brownlow medal and been disqualified and they have not received the medal. I think that's a good rule. Some, because that goes to fair. Some offenses are just fines, like monetary fines. Right, right, as it should but be. some are suspensions. And if you are suspended, you're not eligible. I'm on board with that. You're on board with that, really? Yeah, I'm on board it's with a, that. It's a huge debate. I would, I would imagine that that gets pretty heated. But, I mean, the title of the word is most literally best and fairest. So if you do something that the league deems worthy of a suspension, right. you know, going against... Um, their code of conduct, their law, their rules, whatever, um, you know, even personally or morally, you're like pretty much automatically not the best or the fairest that season or that game. So I could get on board with that. Where I think it differs in the NFL, I think the word valuable, most valuable, right, gets thrown around in yeah. a way that like, of course, the quarterback is the most valuable position on the league. I mean, on the team and in the league. Financially. Financially. He touches the one, ball every he play. He touches the ball every play. Except special teams. Except special teams, which, I mean, then why don't you throw in the center or, you know, the long snapper? <laughs> okay, the, but, center, the center, you're right. Center touches it every time, long snapper, yeah. <clears throat> right, but, um, you know, they have to make the most decisions maybe, you know. Thing, oh, for sure. Yeah. Besides so, the coach. Right. Yeah. 
and a lot of times, you know, there are the player coach on the field, you know, coach on the field, but you know, the middle linebacker gets called that too, or the safety, you know, you look at guys like Earl Thomas or, you know, Luke Keekley. So, um, Sean Lee players like them, like their teams take a dip, um, statistically and wins and losses when they're not on the field. So I think that the term best and fairest as an award and just the way as they a award title, it. the way they award it is better. I don't know if I necessarily agree with the umpires doing it that way. Because well, it's, it's, it has to be someone neutral. You can't have the media do it. Right, which I think is a huge flaw in American sports. Well, huge the flaw. The umpires get together and they're like, this was the best player out of 44. Think about that. 18 starters per team. So 36 on the field at any given time. Four off the bench that can come in whenever and leave whenever they want to. And they get 90 interchanges for the whole 80 minutes. You have a maximum of 66 possible votes you can earn. That is if you're the literal best player on every phase of the game all time. For 22 games. That is nearly impossible. Yeah. The fact that someone was good enough to have 28 votes is staggering. 30 is an incredible milestone. Yeah, that's nearly half, like right? We would say, like, if that's, <laughs> that's basically someone hitting, like, 400 in, in MLB. Yeah. Like, that's incredible to get 30. Like Curry was the first unanimous MVP. That's, that's incredible. But if, it, but if it was on this system, I'm not sure he would be. Right. It, oh, oh it, Curry? In yeah, no way. It's, it's a lot easier to be the best, second best, or third best. It's whoever has the most airtime on SportsCenter the next morning. It's... That gets MVP? Pretty much. This is a fair award. I, I think, think it is fair, and I agree with you. And now you're, you've kind of changed my mind on the whole umpire thing. I think the media is a, is a joke. They should, number one, they should, definitely shouldn't be voting on MVP, um, and we should change that term. And they definitely shouldn't be, they, they definitely shouldn't be voting on the Hall of Fame. I, I think, think that's ridiculous. They should be voting because they're experts. And Are they experts, though? I think anyone who dedicates their career to one specific thing is going to be more knowledgeable than a traditional citizen of a different job. Let's, let's take the okay. juror rule. But if you're in a trial and you want someone to be an expert, players, you have to know more than the average person. There are ex-players who are now on the media chairs. Mm-hmm. They carry bias, for sure. They carry bias. And as we alluded to earlier... Um, walking through the streets and stuff. You said you're about 50-50, you know, talking about Jalen Jacoby, you know, that player aspect versus the media aspect. Yeah, it's great. Great balance. It is a great balance. But there is not that balance in when, you know, there's however many voters and, like, 12 of them are players and, you know, 60 of them are. And how many are in this market of this major city yeah. in this market? Like, if you play in – I'm not, not throwing shade at any – any location, any franchise or whatever. If you play in Milwaukee, you I feel like you have a lesser chance to be MVP than if you played in a more major market. Yeah, in LA. Let's just say LA. Like, I, mean, like, I mean, I'm not trying to throw Charlotte under the bus or anything, but Oh no, absolutely. It's, like Kimba Walker, if he played for the Lakers, he would get a lot more love than he does. Absolutely. That's very true. <laughs> it's so true. That's it's sad how, to say, but that's yeah, and that's basically why the NFL has a hard cap. And, you know, for their salary, team salaries. But that doesn't happen. That does not happen in the when AFL. every game has six votes and only three of them can go to one person. I agree. Also, I think that would eliminate... Every game is equal. As you, you said earlier, um, AFL guys pretend to not be a pain. 
the NBA guys, if they wanted to win that award, they would not take nights off. They would gut it out, even though it's 82 games. Right? Sometimes sometimes they'll not play in round 23 if like they have a seed locked up or whatever. Yeah, but, but that's some, different. That's like football does that. Sometimes like, they that's do play because they don't want to get rusty. So yeah. Sometimes they put them out there. That's a great strategy. If, by the way, if you play a game of Australian football, like, you're, you're in or you're out. Like, there's no like, doing it halfway because you just won't play as well. Right. Like, you can't just go out there and, like, oh, I'll just be safe because you're going to be costing your team significantly. Like, if a team's only strong as the weakest link and you're putting 50% effort because you're, like, you're protecting yourself for the final series or whatever, you're not doing your team any justice because win-loss draw is basically – it's first. Like, there's nothing around it because it's four points for a win, two points for a draw. You could just say it's it's the record. Your win-loss draw record is first, as it should be in sports. But the second tiebreaker is point percentage. And that's different from point differential because it's divided by 100. Right. There's a little bit more math involved. But it's, you want to win big. Yeah, yeah. And it could come down to the final day on round 23 because obviously you get a bye week. 22 games get a bye week, so round 23. Going to round 23, you have the same win-loss drawn record, and it comes down to percentage. So just because a win in round 23 is not necessarily good enough. You've got to win big. You might have to win big. Yeah. No, I like that. I think that college football does that a little bit. Um, in a way. In a way in which they're, it's, they're it's all kind of flawed. So, they're all messed up. It's, it's kind of unfair because there are literally hundreds of teams fighting for yeah. four playoffs. Yeah, spots. maybe that wasn't the best four. example, but... Maybe eight is better. I think eight is much better. Oh, we, I could talk about that all day. You would probably advocate oh for 64, knowing you. 64? No, not 64. 32. But I mean, you're like 32. It's good. High school 16. Yeah. That's um, fair. <coughs> That's a month of playoffs. That's a lot. High school still also goes on like a coin flip if there's a tiebreaker. That's the worst. Yeah. Have you seen Friday Night Lights? The movie. Coach or Eric the series. Taylor. I think the I have. Series. I have. Yeah. Yes. No, they go off the coin flip. They still go off the coin what flip. What movie was it? Facing the Giants. They played a 19-year-old, and they were they lost the game in the playoffs, but that the, the opponents played a 19-year-old, and 19-year-olds are obviously ineligible in high school sports. Yeah. And so they were disqualified, and they got a second chance, and they won the tournament or whatever. Wow. That's cool. awesome. You know, Cause another it, yeah. young kid movie throwback, like Mike. Like Mike. Classic. Classic. Space Jam. Space Jam Two. Space Jam Two. Oh Space my Jam gosh! 2? Or is it going to be something different? We don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't like messing with classics. I'm going to be honest. I'm glad you're on board with Brownlow style voting. Though. I am. I think I more am. sports. You've opened need my that. eyes. You've opened my eyes. And especially when 44 players play in a game, just to be awarded or not, I, I say not awarded, just to earn acknowledgement. Yeah. Three acknowledgement is incredible. Yeah, I think... Out of 44 players, you're, you're not the best 22. You're not in the best 10. You're the best three. Yeah. At that's, this point, that's elite. At this point in the NFL, there should just be an end-of-year best quarterback award, and then there should be the MVP. Best kicker, best punter, like, best, yeah. best long snapper. You, you talked about this a few minutes ago, and I know the athletics lost in the AO wild card, but back in the Moneyball athletics, the, the reason that was revolutionary was because you eliminate so much human bias. The only human bias that's involved when you get into such deep analytics and sabermetrics like that is which ones, which statistics you put the most emphasis on. Right. For them, it was on base percentage. Mm-hmm. 
right? And there, there are other metrics that you might think are more important, but they're like that's why he wanted Kevin Euclid of the Red Sox so badly. Yeah, it's because he's what, what was known as the Greek god of walks. He gets on base. He doesn't have the hits that everybody else does. He doesn't have the base hits. Doesn't have the batting average. Doesn't have the slugging. But he has on base percentage. And that's what they wanted. I agree. You can Analytics play to a system. Math. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can definitely play to a system. You can have all B-plus players and no superstars and still win. But on the other hand, you could also have all the statistics in front of you, just like yeah. you could have the greatest calculator in the world, but if you don't know how to look at them, how to read the data, and how to read it without bias, you might not be making the right shots, even though the answer is right in front of your eyes and in your hands. Absolutely. Absolutely. Deep thought. Very deep. Garrett, we have gone for an hour. I see that. It hasn't felt like an hour. I know. We have honestly done this in one take. Dan Jackson. We we did not touch the mouse. We did not touch the keyboard. I just hope I don't accidentally delete this audio file because it's been absolute gold from you, Garrett, (laughs) in your debut on the Nothing Between podcast. You've done a phenomenal job. Thank you. I don't want to close it off just yet. I don't just want to hard cap an hour because it's not radio. I know you have a radio background. I know. I keep looking at the clock had, and I see the and hour. You saw the hour <laughs> and you were like, a red light went off in your head. Like, yeah, we have to I go now. My, my radio don't. background is taking over We here. don't. And if you're still listening or if you skip through, we really appreciate you listening. But Garrett, I don't just want to cut it off at an hour. I want you to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Your radio guy, we're past an hour. No, we're talking about what everything would you like in life to towards, close whatever. it out I'm with? Totally on board with. How this. would you like to close this out? Give me, give me final topic. Give me a parting shot. Give me a hot take. Just how do you want to end this? Oh man, you know, you're putting a lot. First on time me. guest. You know what? First time guest. You know I'm what? Being, I'm just Southern hospitality here up in the north. I love it. I love it. I that don't makes have me sweet feel tea great. here for you, but we can go get some afterwards if you want. I will. Yes. Yes. I will. Propose a closing, closing argument here, and it might make our close much longer. That's okay. Uh, Before you say it, I just want to point out that I'm very proud of what you just said. In trials, very, very important. You just said he said closing arguments. It is he's absolutely correct. It is opening statements in a trial and closing arguments. The opening is not an opening argument. It's not a pet peeve. It's just the daggone truth. Yeah, that's. I mean, opening statements are not permitted to be argumentative. Cause yeah, because you're stating statement. a thesis, yeah, right? You're so smart, dude. I feel like you're that's so normal. Smart. A lot of people call them opening arguments because they're not educated like you. You got to lay Go out on. the context and the facts before you can argue anything. Damn right. Either if you don't, then you're just wasting breath, right? Shout out to Garrett for being a smart G. Well, let's hear it. Is a hot dog a sandwich? That is my... That's the way you want to go? That that's is... That's the route you want to go? Yes. I have to know what you think, and you want, Mr. Stretch. And, please inform me. you want me. me to answer it before before you have your opinion, because I've never spoken with you about this topic. I have no idea how you uh, feel about it. Yeah. I'm just going to give you honesty, because you deserve honesty. Is a hot dog a sandwich? And you want a firm yes or no here. You don't want a yes and or no Give and me, there. Give me oh, your thoughts, You want me to answer the question beliefs. and then explain it? Okay. I will sit here without any facial expression. I won't lead you in any way. Oh, I appreciate I want to, that. I appreciate you can that. Give, you can appreciate give me, no leading. You can give me a yes or no, okay. and then explain yourself, and then I will either jump out of my chair 
or be so at peace. Okay. 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 So I'll sit right here. Uh, uh, wait. So you're not gonna wait. You're not gonna jump out of your chair until I'm done, right? Until I'm done. Uh, you're gonna make a facial expression. You're already laughing no. right now because I think you know exactly what I'm about to say. You don't know. You knew. You knew I, I was gonna no say with the sweet tea. What you're about to say. I, I feel like you have friends that go both ways on this. Oh, I. Yeah, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> 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 this is worse than I did know politics. exactly where you're going with the sweet tea. I thought that was that was pretty crisp. I thought that, that was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. Very um, crisp of you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll close my eyes too. <laughs> As your headphones hit the yeah. microphone. Yeah. That's beautiful. Oh man. Go ahead, John. I didn't come up with this clause. He's he's put his head down. He's not looking. He put his head down. He doesn't even want to make eye contact. I did not come up with this phrase, but I think this is the best way to put it in a manner that I agree with. I think it's more like a breaded taco than a sandwich. And I don't think it's a sandwich because if you're talking about a traditional hot dog in a traditional hot dog bun, give me a thumbs up if that's what you mean. All right, give me the thumbs up. Traditional hot dog, traditional hot dog bun. His head is still down, by the way. It is not a sandwich because... I guess what we call the bottom half of the bun is more like a stand and stuff taco more than a sandwich. And if you think about it, if you took the hot dog bun and you didn't put a hot dog inside, you didn't put a Frankfurter in, as they say, and you put ground beef and other taco fixins, as we'd say in the South, fixins, where you also... You, how you dress your baked potato with fixins. So you put the cheese on there, you put your lettuce in. You, if you would really just have a bread taco, and we only call it a hot dog because it's inside a hot dog bun. And if they were two evenly thick slices of bread with the meat of the hot dog in between them, and the pieces of bread weren't touching each other, it would be a sandwich. But because you could stand it up on a plate or in a hot dog holder, which they actually have, I'm going to say that it, no, it's not a sandwich. It's more like a breaded taco. His head is up. He is, don't, he is, he is not giving anything away right now. And um, don't know how you're going to respond to that. But I feel like... You're gonna agree with me. I have I have a feeling. You've given nothing away. You have not made eye contact with me. You have gotten up. Your head was down. Your head is up. You are swiveling in your chair. John. I think you're relieved. I'm that's my guess. John, I am so relieved. Yeah! I am so relieved. I will not be jumping out of yeah! my chair today. This has been awesome, and it has only gotten better as we go. No! A hot dog is not a sandwich. If anything, it's a hybrid. I love the breaded taco reference. I don't know who made it. I, think I can't take credit for fantastic. it, but I agree with it. Well, whoever it is, if you're listening, please come in here yes, and explain yes, yourself you even guest. further. We want you as a guest. Whoever um, said it to me, who not, not whoever said it. In general, whoever said it to me. Somebody, you know, you make a Wikipedia article on it, whatever. Sure thing. A hot dog is not a sandwich, and I stand firm on that. Whoever it is, whoever thinks it is a sandwich, it's their loss. Um, but this this is going to be a good friendship. I can already tell. And an amazing broadcast partnership. All right, Garrett, that was your final question. Now just give the audience, give the listeners just a final take, whether you want it to be motivational or prediction, just give them a final statement. 
in closing? A, a prediction? Or it doesn't have to be or a prediction. It can be a, a motivational, motivational statement. Motivational statement? Or, or anything like that. Any, any final words for the audience? Not towards me, to them. <coughs> well, audience, uh, I will just provide you with some words that my father dropped on me before I left. Um, and some, some, some things he's always preached upon me. He actually happens to be coming up today. Um, he, well, today, kind of, he might stay over and meet me in the morning. I'm not sure. But anyway, it's the first time I will have seen him since I left for Boston. He didn't actually get to move me in um, because he was at a golf tournament uh, in Myrtle Beach, the Pro-Am. Shout out to him. He did very well. Um, but he told me before I left, I made a very big decision coming up here to Emerson um, because I was, I was not coming from a community college, uh, not a two-year program. I was very, very grounded in a four-year program at Roanoke, and uh, I made a big, random, uh, on-the-spot, crazy decision to, uh, to make this move up to Emerson to further my broadcast career because I felt like I needed to move forward. And if I had stayed at Roanoke for two more years, I would have been stagnant. And um, I kind of felt that stagnant vibe all summer long when I was at home. And my dad, uh, you know, sat me down as I was getting frustrated halfway through, you know, um, because I'm working with him. I wasn't doing an internship. I wasn't um, all summer long. I didn't have access to the radio booth. Um, You know, I, I wasn't talking sports. I wasn't doing what I loved. I worked with him landscaping, so we would go to work in the morning together, work together, not necessarily with him all the time, um, but we'd come home, talk about work, and it just I felt like I was getting into a rut. I wasn't moving forward, no progression. But he sat me down one day. He said, look, you're in this spot right now. Um, it's very clear that you're frustrated, you're upset, you just want to go, but you're also sad that you're leaving. All, all this big mess, right? And then the whole career aspect gets involved with broadcasting. Am I making the right decision? Things like that. And he's told me, hurry up and wait or hurry up and be patient, which in complete honesty, that is a total contradiction. That makes no sense. Right. So if you took it at face value, if you take it at face value, but he explained it to me uh, and he explained it to me in a few different ways. Um, But the best thing I can tell you uh, audience is that, if you just hurry up and be patient is, is basically, you know, make everything, um, make every opportunity the best you can. And when, when you step into a little cubicle of a room and you're asked to do a podcast with a buddy, just to, you know, kick it around and, and, and do a podcast, do it. And, you know, if something comes of it, something comes of it. If not, if and then you know you had a great time for an hour and you stepped out of your comfort zone and you did something that you hadn't done before, and um, it, it's just the right thing to do. My dad can, called um, this "hurry up and be patient" idea is similar to what he preached on us growing up in basketball with the fast break, organized chaos Ooh. is what he described it to me as, and it. it truly is. It, it is so chaotic the amount of things that are going on that sometimes you can really just not do anything about it at all. But if you hurry up, get the ball up the floor, but at the same time, be patient, find the right read, be composed, be poised, all the things that you would want in a Brownlow Award winner and an MVP and in any student going to college, making the next step or somebody who's already in their working field, whatever they want. You hurry up and be patient, um, you'll make the most of all your opportunities. And it's not lucky. You know, you did everything 
for the right reason. You did everything with the maximum of your abilities. And uh, <clears throat> that's just something that, that stuck with me, and I always appreciated that. Uh, you know, you know <laughs> one more thing. He said, luck is, is not real. You know, not that it's not real, but lucky, being lucky is more about being ready for the moment. He said, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Damn right. So when you have those two um, lines meet in your life, the moment you step on stage, if you're ready for it, something big can come of it. And you could get lucky. You could shake the right hand. You could catch the right break. So if you all hurry up and be patient, I'm sure we'll see you around some more. Words of wisdom from Garrett Ruggieri, courtesy of his father, Ryan. Brian. Brian, Brian, who is apparently a phenomenal golfer, and we're definitely going to touch on that yeah, he's in another episode for sure. Go he ahead. also, I've never won a game of horse in my life. Ever. My man's got mad cash. Like LeVar Ball, never lost. Oh, gosh, no. Never my dad, lost. My dad would destroy LeVar Ball. But, but he's never lost. That's his famous line, right? Never lost. His son lost a starting job. How about that? Ooh. <laughs> Hot take factors always churning from G. How about Alonzo get some of that motivational speaking? Uh, you can tune into nothing in between. <laughs> take your spot back from Rondo. Shout out to the Carolina Hurricanes tonight, starting off their regular season game one of 82 at home. Big, big night. They went 5-0-1 in the the preseason, which is unheard of. Out of a possible 12 points, my favorite player growing up, Rod Brindamore, is now the head coach. I'm very pumped about that because think about it. If you've got to think about it from my perspective, and and obviously everyone in Virginia have got to be Hurricane fans, right? Forget the Capitals, even though they're – they just won Stanley Cup. Never yeah, came. you just you lost the bandwagon Whatever. though. It's there. Okay. You lost a lot on the bandwagon. NHL lockout happens 0405. Next season, this this amazing new sport is back because we didn't see it before. I had never seen it before because I grew up on basketball. And then that's I, true. I never I've never played hockey by the way. I, I haven't I just, been exposed. Just to love hockey love either. watching it. Love the Carolina Hurricanes because after the NHL lockout, where an entire season was not played, the Stanley Cup was not awarded. Carolina Hurricanes who were created in 1997, just like myself. Wow. Win the 2006 wow. Stanley Cup. Oh, my goodness. In Game <laughs> 7 against the Edmonton Oilers. You feel a part of the franchise. I do. Wow. I really do. Because my first season caring about hockey, because it, it didn't exist the year before in the NHL. I can get with that. I was gifted I a Stanley Cup. And I, and I am a ride-or-die Hurricanes fan for the rest of my life. Ten words or less, let me know what you think about the Bruins getting spanked last night. I'll give you two words. Oh, boy. Touchdown <laughs> Capitals. Touchdown is one word. Oh, Touchdown Capitals. Oh, there you go. That's two words. Okay. <laughs> seven nothing. In yeah, Rod, seven nothing. we trust. Hashtag take warning. Carolina Hurricanes are going to do big things this season. He's Gary Ruggieri. I'm John Stretch Newton. Hurry up and be patient and keep chasing those dreams. <laughs>